Hello, <laughs> you're listening to Actually Best Choice Movies, the movie podcast where we try to tell you about the best movies, but... Uh, with some, Actually. With Actually, yeah, exactly. With Love Actually, but not Love Actually. Yes, yeah, so you're listening to Actually Best Choice Movies, the Love Actually podcast, where we watch Love Actually once a week for if, the rest of our lives. If we ever do a Christmas episode, which... No, I'm going to say no, we I mean, shouldn't. Why? why would we not do a Christmas episode? Christmas uh, is the... Uh, no, okay... It's the most wonderful time of the year. Ah, uh, true. It's when sleigh bells are jingling, ring ting tingling too. Our cheeks are. Yeah, they're nice and rosy. Mm-hmm. And how are we, Caleb? Uh, Santa. No, we're comfy and cozy. Oh, obviously. right. I'm sorry, you got that one wrong. Um, and it reminds me of uh, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, um, the raisin for the season. Did you mean to say Jay Z? Is that what you're trying to say? Ooh, he's going to be at Woodstock 50. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the lineup for the new Woodstock memorized already? Uh, I saw him run the jewels and then another band. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I quit reading. <laughs> Wasn't um was that one of the things Prodigy was supposed to do and now they're was not it? gonna do? Uh, they were supposed to be at Glastonbury, but I don't know about that. It is March sixth today. Uh, Kevin from Prodigy passed away. Yeah, earlier this week. Same Monday, week as Luke week. Perry. Yeah, it's been pretty rough, right? Yeah. Uh, they're <laughs> so showing, anyway, <laughs> they're showing Buffy the Vampire Slayer soon at oh um, at Nighthawk, at right? Nighthawk. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Nighthawk tweeted something like, "Wow, this timing is like mm-hmm. very unfortunate, but kind of good." We'll celebrate the life and legacy of the great Luke Perry at our screening of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> uh, to a little Brooklyn chat, I went to Nighthawk Prospect Place, Prospect, excuse me, Park for the first time. Oh, yeah, time. I went there one time as well. Yeah, I went this weekend to see Lego Movie 2. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, wait, wait, wait. Before we get into this, we got to yes. finish doing the introduction. Actually, <laughs> Best Choice Movies, it's a movies podcast where we try to talk about good movies. Sometimes there aren't any good movies out or a movie's supposed to be good and it turns out to be crappy. So I'm not going to like 100% promise only good movies are going to be talked about here, but we do our best. We'll My talk name, about the best aspects of movies. The best, yeah, exactly. My name is Chris Chafin. My name's Chris Chafin. That's a fucking dirty lie, Caleb, and I'm very angry with you. Well, now you told them my name, so it's Caleb Shively. It's Caleb Shively. Uh, and this week, it's going to be a little bit of a change of pace. Uh, we're going to try to slow down the pace of the show a little bit. Last week, I was saying, uh, isn't it fucking nuts that we're the only movie podcast that does two new movies every single week? And then we had a serious talk about it afterwards, and we're like, yeah, maybe that is insane. So this week on Actually Best Choice Movies, we are uh, doing something a little different, which is instead of talking about a new movie and then like an older movie that's related to it, we wanted to like slow down the pace a little bit, and we're going to take a look back at 2018, talk about uh, some movies that were underrated, we thought, and also some actors who had really big years. So it's a little bit of a looser show. It's a little bit of a... We're five episodes in. We're comfortable. (laughs) We got too comfortable already. We're experimenting now. Um, Freshman year college sophomore year of college yeah um i didn't really do any experimenting in college i would say um because i wasn't a science major so i don't Um, know what you know i drank and smoked more yeah well that's just normal life i don't know that's also that's pretty true i haven't changed since anyway so that's this week on actually best choice movies hey so caleb what did you watch this week uh well working backwards uh I, last night I watched Vox Lux, which was a movie I wasn't curious about due to its marketing of just the one picture of Natalie Portman. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, Natalie Portman as St. Vincent. Like, is, is, is that basically what the movie mm-hmm. is? This is a culmination of my life's work so far. And I was uh, piqued by it uh, because uh, all the Oscar buzz was putting her in supporting, which is like, oh, who else yeah, is in this isn't movie? Isn't she the star of the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's She is, but she isn't. Uh, it's half. Like, uh, half the movie is the young actress, uh, Cassidy Raffi. Raffi Cassidy? Um, sorry, I forget her name. But she was the, uh, we remember her as the older sister in Killing of a Sacred Deer. Because we got the fire, fire, fire. Yeah, we got the fire, fire, fire. And we're gonna let it burn, 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 burn. We're gonna let it burn, 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 burn. We're gonna let it burn, 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 burn. Oh, but she's okay. um, the young version of Natalie Portman, and the half of the movie is her, and then the Nat- uh, Natalie Portman takes the second half of the movie. Oh, it's uh, kind of like she's grown mm-hmm. up into Natalie Portman? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, and there is a lot of artistic liberties to this movie, but I would say I was really surprised by how much I liked it. It's what I would want out of a movie that is supposed to be Star is Born. Like, this is, we're looking at a fractured pop star's life here, uh, and this is just giving you the full-on cynical take of it. I'm a cynical person, and they gave me the worst of it here. Wait, now, can I just ask, when you say there's lots of artistic liberties taken with it, like, what do you, what do you mean exactly? Brady Corbett, man. Well, because uh, it's not a true story, so anything no. is an artistic liberty, Well, right? I he mean... is a young director. This is his second movie. His first movie is Childhood of a Leader, which was... Childhood of a Leader? I have not, I've not yeah, heard of that. Yeah, it's a movie about Hitler as a young boy. <laughs> uh, so this movie, uh, like, well... So, so from Hitler to Natalie Portman, yes, you as, know? Um, just domineering personalities his is direct, what he's interested in. His directing choices are just so obvious. Not obvious in the sense like, oh, that would he, of course you do that. But like, oh, you're directing. This is your shot now. Uh, hold the camera here for a moment. Oh, here, here's a montage with old film stock. Uh, so do you mean cliched? Is that what you mean not by? Not necessarily cliched, just cl- cliched. Cliched. It's a lot of art, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like there was no... Uh, through line through it maybe in the he i would say i did like the ending that it landed on which i won't spoil but it's also a very maybe i will spoil it <laughs> a very I mean, anti it's been out for what like it's six a, months i'll now? just say it's anticlimactic which i loved but overall he just did like so many like oh dude you're following people from the back is your signature shot here like there's so many like just tracking cams, shots steady of just, cams down hallways just like so many tracking shots of just them following on the back and he wrote the screenplay too which is impressive and the screenplay is really good like it starts off as a, a tragedy and she blossoms as a pop star from this horrible tragedy that she experienced mm-hmm. she got famous from a tragedy uh and that's kind of a very cynical take and she becomes like a robin-esque uh sia wrote all the music for this movie too which oh, i didn't really? realize wow. too oh. Uh, oh, so she's a Rob. I always Robin see a uh, even. There's a ton of Gaga in there too. Because no, for some reason, I was thinking of like Saint Vincent, just from the the picture that you see. Uh, she plays arena shows. I don't think uh, good old Annie Clark's there yet. It does. Saint I Vincent think that she point. is there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I'm saying this like I'm seeing Robin at an arena <laughs> tomorrow night. So you know, Saint Vincent did play the Grammys, but I was uh, really uh, impressed with. Uh, I like Natalie Portman a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Jackie. I thought she uh, did a phenomenal job oh, in yeah. that movie. Uh, <laughs> the that's funniest movie... thing, if I can tell you a story yeah, about ahead. Jackie, and I've maybe told you this before, but like I was on an airplane, and I have this thing where... Uh, anything I watch on an airplane makes me cry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is a thing. There's a This American Life episode about it or a segment on an episode. Um, it's something about, you know, the oxygen is too rich or you're close to death or something. So uh, it's common for people to uh, start crying at anything. Like, I watched uh, Paddington 2 on an airplane and I bawled like I was, you know, like I was about to die. Like, I could not stop crying. Mm-hmm. I thought like an air marshal was going to escort me off the plane when we landed. <laughs> Mr. Gruber, 
It's wonderful. Aunt Lucy always dreamed of coming to London and never had the chance. Um, but it's a great film. I would recommend that highly. Paddington too, sure. But so I was trying to pick a movie on this one flight, and I was uh, I was going to watch Manchester by the Sea, which I still have not seen. I've seen it twice now. <laughs> but I, I was like, it. this looks too depressing. I know this is supposed to be depressing. I don't think I can handle that. Let me watch something a little lighter. I'll watch Jackie. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No. I uh, forgot it's a movie about Natalie Portman just violently mourning for two full in hours. the immediate aftermath of uh, the most, like one of the more like famous presidential... blood on her yeah. for a large part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, it's, and she's just like wailing, crying, and is so sad. Can you say that you pray every night to die? It's one of my favorite scores. Uh, Mika Levy uh, did the score for that. Very experimental score. I uh, loved it. It very informed the, the how off-kilter that movie was. Mm-hmm. Uh but also, like, Natalie Portman just, she kind of did a cartoony voice in that. And that is an apt yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, but I loved it because she grounded that with just really solid acting, like, just very uh, going for everything. And I realized that, like, no, this is what her is. She just does very much over-the-top cartoony things and grounds it so well. Inform them that I will walk with Jack tomorrow, alone if necessary, and tell General de Gaulle if he wishes to ride in an armored car or in a tank for that matter, I won't blame him. This movie is, uh, she's a drunken pop star in this one. Uh, so many cliches she's thrown out, but it still lands because she's that talented of an actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a stupid movie that we all remember called Garden State. Uh, <laughs> and I think the only reason that was watchable was because she Because brought... of the great acting of Zach Braff. No, is, is that the reason why? <laughs> Uh, because of his spoon chest. Yeah, because of that great soundtrack, Caleb. The but soundtrack. That, that uh, script, also written by Zach Braff, yeah, was I like know. a nothing for that for the female character. I mean, just to like, be clear, it was hey, complete... just fall in love with this dude. But she brought so much to that uh, nothing role. Was that that is is that the invention of the manic pixie dream girl? Is that when we started saying that it was uh, like there that is character. a exact article. Uh, I think it was that. Uh, there's a Kristen Dunst movie that is also there. Okay, no, I don't know what that is, but it was like it was yeah, either is, the one or two performances yeah, there that is a, created there that is stereotype. An exact article that uh, I believe it was on the AV Club who mm. started where this. It's like came how there's from. one article that started mansplaining, like one sure, particular yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, that is pretty funny. But wait, yeah, I interrupted. What, what were you going to say about? Uh, oh, that I like Natalie Portman. Oh, and then Natalie Portman this year. Uh, uh, one of my favorite, uh, great underrated year. She took a lot of chances. She produced this weird movie Vox Lux, but she was also in a big Annihilation. bigger blockbuster, Annihilation. Well, I don't. Wasn't it kind of a flop? It wasn't. I mean, it's very people love it, but it wasn't. It didn't perform. Uh, super I well. think it was. It didn't perform super well, but it was like the movie of its uh, week. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, like the art house movie of the week, and it was also like marketed a lot because yeah. and uh, I mean, she put herself behind it. And if you're going to do like a bigger marketed movie, that's a Alex Garland movie is a really yeah. cool one to do. And people still talk about that movie. Like Great I just ending, today yeah. was seeing people posting about it on, uh, I think, Facebook, saying like, don't forget the real best movie of 2018 <laughs> was Annihilation. I thought it was fine. I, I mean, I liked that it was kind of mysterious, and I liked, um, you know, the cast obviously does a fantastic job, mm-hmm. and it does a very good job of keeping you off kilter, but, you know, it was kind of like a rival for me, which is like, you know, it's one of those movies that's so mysterious that you forget to, you never really figure out what's going on, and uh, 
I fell asleep and I fell asleep oh. in Arrival. I didn't fall asleep oh, in Annihilation, but I've slept through like 50% of Arrival. Annihilation had a lot of good, just good jump scares and a lot of good, oh, I haven't seen that before, yeah. uh, which I, I appreciate. And I love the ending of it a mm-hmm. lot too. Where she has sex with Terminator 2. Is, is that what happens? Uh, I think it was Terminator 1. I don't know. It was, a, it was the T-1000. T-1000. Yeah. Uh, but I love Annihilation. I can't believe you fell asleep during Annihilation. No, I actually <laughs> did not. No, it's Arrival. I fell asleep during it. Annihilation oh, sorry. Uh, just was sorry. kind of a Arrival, similar vibe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Arrival, uh, one of the best cinematography movies, Bradford Young, and one of the best edited movies because it's all about linear timelines and trying to fuck with shit. Yeah. Uh, and how to make that. Yeah. They do it's explain all about, it all at the end. It's all about writing on whiteboards. <laughs> Would you like to see our exciting science fiction movie about writing on a whiteboard? Uh, I bet you dumbasses have tattoos of like that circle language they spoke, those aliens spoke. No, I bet it's not dumbasses, but it's like it's like the artsy person at a town where, you know, they have like one coffee shop, you know? <laughs> uh, I'd probably call them dumbasses out of jealousy. I wish I had a... Yeah, you, you can still do that if you, you can get that tattoo right now. Mm, I do have a movie tattoo. What is that? Uh, you have so many weird tattoos. One I thing do. about Caleb is he most of his <laughs> tattoos are jokes. Yeah, well, I'll tell you why. Visual my, jokes, yeah. Uh, uh, and everyone go watch this movie after I see it. Uh, Will Forte's movie, The Brother Solomon. Oh, sure. Amazing movie. Gets no credit whatsoever. Will Forte, one of our great comedy writers. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just have a dumb joke from this movie. There's a plane that goes by. Uh, it just says a plane that says five, six. If you know the movie, you're like, that's so stupid. And yes, it is so <laughs> wonderfully stupid. I have not seen this movie. I have no. not seen this movie. I'm going to force you to do it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally one of my, it's just all jokes. Uh, he writes to sketch pieces and it's directed by Bob Odenkirk. Mm. Uh Lorinet doesn't play as much of an abrasive asshole. He plays more of a dumb asshole in it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and, a real change of pace for Will Arnett. Know, right? Wow. Uh, but Will Forte is just gleaming. He's one Will of Arnett, our... I've played slightly different kinds of assholes <laughs> my entire career. And maybe cheated on Amy Poehler, and so I am a real asshole. I know he has two kids with him, t- her too. Is that what happened? Did he cheat on her? I, I mean, what else oh, could it have yeah. been, right? I mean, for them to suddenly get divorced and then like never, ever interact again. Yeah. I it is really weird. One of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life was before Zach. Me. Was it me? <laughs> no, no, no. You're going <laughs> to not live up to what I'm about to say. <laughs> I mean, I'll be the judge of that, Caleb. Please. Uh, I saw uh, before Hangover, when he was still doing New York shows, Zach Galifianakis, uh, he did a live between two ferns. And I saw it with Will Arnett. And, and they got, he got, it was like, oh, the animosity is really palpable here. <laughs> uh, you could, he just said, uh, Amy Poehler to him a lot. Really? Yeah, just like, <laughs> he's like, well, let me just say, uh, Amy Poehler. <laughs> like, but yeah, that's pretty funny. But wait, solid. Didn't, that would have been while he was still married to Amy Poehler, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was just making fun of him for, uh, <laughs> not being as good as her. <laughs> it's like when uh, Drake was making fun of What's-His-Face for to, like having to open up for... I don't know about Drake. Nicki Minaj, is that this whole thing, this like beef that he had? With I don't follow Meek Mike, Meek make Mill. Meek Mill, yeah. See, you follow rap beef. You know exactly what I'm talking uh, about. I follow rap albums. I liked Meek Mill's album. <laughs> See, I don't like Drake albums. Yeah. I'm I mean, on record now of saying that. Yeah, that you don't. I mean, oh, no. They're going to come for me. <laughs> I like Drake. I like Drake fine. You know, I love top 40 radio. Like, Drake is a great thing to exist. Uh, I love that he turned into DJ Khaled when no one was looking. Like, he just... Now he right? looks exactly like him. It's very weird. Has he been in movies, Drake? I don't think he... he I mean, if he he's sh- been in TV shows. He hosts, like, the ESPYs. And he's very famously on Degrassi, yeah, Degrassi for, yeah. you know, whatever, Jimmy. 12 years or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of underrated movies of 2018, uh, and speaking of movies that have the word brothers in the title, uh, The Sisters Brothers... 
I thought oh, that was yeah, great. amazing. I thought that was and a great. And speaking of people who had great years last time, Tom uh, C. Riley. Yeah, John, John C. Riley. Yeah. Oh shit, that's pretty stupid. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he. I guess his production company made that movie. He yeah, him and his it, wife. Yeah, it's based on a novel, and he bought the rights mm-hmm. to the novel. Uh, I, Durad, I forget his name, but it was a French director who uh, did Dupont, who I, I, which I love Dupont. Uh, he brought him to do a, the first English mm-hmm. language movie. Uh, and yeah, uh, another great 2018 person, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, was in it oh as well. Oh my God, yeah. And it's it's such a good, you know, because it's a Western and it's very bleak and violent, but it's in this way where you're at a little bit of a remove from mm-hmm. what's happening, but somehow that makes it even more affecting and bad because you're not like caught up in the emotions of it. It just seems like insane animals murdering each other. Mm-hmm. And you're like, please stop. <laughs> please stop murdering each other. Um, uh, it, it reminded me of... Uh, Deadwood in the sense that it's just more focused on the Old West times. Yeah, and then right. it's also a lot funnier than Deadwood too. And also has just so many weird random things. That, like John C. Riley eating a spider. Like Yeah. <laughs> and then he has a really swollen face for a while, yeah. but not for the whole movie. <laughs> it goes away eventually, you know. Uh and there is a lot of gold prospecting to it. Uh, oh my to, God. uh Jake Joan Hall, uh when he does weird, he's so good. After yeah, so Jake Jonathan and Riz Ahmed are the Riz, other two people. Yeah. Riz is like one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. You sweet like baklava. You know I'm hot as Benny Lava. And if your man and intervene, I go get the balaclava. They're so good and they're so sad. Where they're like kind of in love with each other, but kind of not. Like, did they ever make it explicit that they're having a relationship, or that's just kind of like implied? Uh, I think it's implied. They don't like. Yeah, it's more that they. It starts out as a, a, a respect that blossoms into something more. They never mm. really fully say. Yeah, um, but they're so good in the movie. And, you know, after seeing it, I thought a lot about... Um, a lot of times when you see an Adam Sandler movie, it's like him and his friends wanted to take a vacation, and then they filmed it, and it was a Netflix movie, right? Like, they're always in Hawaii mm-hmm. for some reason. With this movie, I thought it was, like, kind of the same thing, but for, like... Uh, self-punishing art types <laughs> like I could just see the four of those guys like going out into the desert and having a competition for who could like bathe less and like use less modern conveniences <laughs> one... and like commit hardest to the role oh, like it looked sure. like like insane self-punishing actor camp you know <laughs> like we're here for art we're uh, here for art oh you have to shave today <laughs> oh I thought you cared about art the one interview I did read with John uh, pertaining to Sisters Brothers was that him and Joaquin really bonded with their horses and like <laughs> that's a hundred percent believable they to uh would like I think John said he like worked on a uh, saw the horse later on again in life too. <laughs> oh, was that the because sto- that was going around like, yeah, there was like a uh, story the like... horse who recognized the yeah. actor was that what that was from I the think it, I believe it was yeah um but yeah, that's that's just that's just so sweet. And John, uh, a lot of great movies this year. Uh, well, maybe well, not. Ralph too, which you really I like, do really right? like Ralph too. There's uh, as a person who uses the internet, which I believe if you're listening to this, you <laughs> use the internet default, too. Right? Yeah. You, there is uh, maybe not maybe the gold standard of internet jokes now is Wreck It Ralph too. There's so many good. <laughs> see, I refuse to see this movie. It does it. not look good to me. It looks terrible. Um, the uh, it was Oscar nominated shortlisted the song written by Alan Menken who does all the Disney songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, they get Sarah Silverman to sing a song about their rate uh, 
uh, the death race game. It's called Slaughter Race. And she sings a beautiful Disney song about it. It is a weird-ass thing. <laughs> uh, they go in on trolls. There's a good search engine jokes. It's just a really solid... But, like, I good... don't need to see someone satirize trolls. Like, I am already on board that trolls is stupid. Like, I don't I'm, I don't think trolls needs to be taken down a peg. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, they just do a good solid... It's Disneyifying it. It's like a good, like, putting a little dot on it. And... Uh, I can't believe they got some of the certain jokes in that are at the expense of Disney, too, which is like uh, Disney's family-friendly website. There's a whole riff on the princesses that I, I thought is uh, one of the best scenes of See, some of that stuff, it's like, to me, it seems like we're being like 10% ironic as an excuse to do genuine product placement, you know? Oh, it's yeah, like I, how they used to do on 30 Rock all the time, yeah. you know, where it's like, oh, a Dr. Pepper, wow. Yeah, uh, but they're I still actually doing <laughs> product placement. Yeah, I love you know? 30 Rock, and I, I'm not going to say it's not that. They were great about it. I mean, yeah, not to I like also make love it. John Glazer Loves Gear, which that show was all advertised. <laughs> yeah, I have not watched that show either. Is it good? Is oh, that it's show amazing. Good? I mean, I love John Glazer. It's, I mean. it's amazing. I, uh, he, he gets away with the funnest stuff. Uh, <laughs> like, one episode starts about, about it will start about something... And it'll turn into something else. He did an episode about photography gear, photography gear, and it ended with the ritualisticness of tucking. What you have to get, watch it to get there. Like he just goes from <laughs> weird places to weird places. It's about to end its season. Is it like it's forever? Or uh, I don't know. It probably won't get picked. <laughs> John Glazer's show usually hasn't only it been lasts, on like, for like years. Uh, this is the second season. I don't know. They did that fucking Neon Joe Wolf, Werewolf Hunter show. It was only two and, seasons. And well, they delocated was like five. Uh, seasons. That was five seasons. Yeah, shorter yeah, yeah, yeah. Adult Swim run though. Shorter yeah. compared to what? What are you? That's well, like a perf- that's like an extremely they're, long they're, Adult uh, Swim they're, run. Uh, they're eleven minutes long. Well, the last season of de- Delocated was thirty minutes. <laughs> Caleb, this fucking argument is crumbling around you. You need to it's only call three one one. It's never going to be syndicated. Out to this argument, it's never going to be syndicated. Let's just say well, that. I'm not saying he made a lot of money on it, but I, he did. It was a long run for an Adult Swim show. I mean, how long was Tim and Eric on? It was only on about that five long. years. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we we're talking about John C. Riley, <laughs> yeah, who was also Reilly. in uh, one of the worst movies of the year, uh, Holmes and Watson, which I'll probably eventually see. I feel like I want to see it too. Should we see it and try to talk about it on the show? I mean, uh, it's obviously not we a can best see choice it, movie. Yeah, as just uh, it's like a cautionary a, tale. Yeah, like a... as a fan, uh, as John C. Riley fans, we should see. And it. I'm a Will Ferrell fan as well. I'm oh, a yeah. Will Ferrell fan. I tend to uh, defend studio comedies more in general like i saw a lot of i don't see every studio comedy but i really like studio comedies uh yeah you saw the house i did uh, see the house yeah. yeah uh last year i saw the most mccarthy movie where she went back to college can i tell you so i've been on a lot of planes recently uh bragging sure. obviously um you know what the number one movie everyone is watching on the plane but i still have yet to watch is um do you want to guess venom no <laughs> No, that not was the last movie I watched on a list. Um, it's The Spy Who Dumped Me. Oh, I want to see that. Everyone on every plane is watching Kate The Spy Who Dumped Me. Or The Spy Who Dumped Me. I don't know how much money you make from a situation like that, but it is literally the number one movie on airplanes. I'm curious to see it. Uh, my man Paul Reiser's in it. I had uh, Kate. Paul uh, Kate. in it. Kate is the greatest. And uh, Mila Kunis is like the star. She's like the cool one. Sure. You know? I'm in it for Kate, man. And then uh, what's his face? Justin Theroux is in it. Mm-hmm. Have you been watching the other two on uh, Comedy uh, Central? Yeah, we, are, we, are, we talked about it on this podcast. Oh, okay, before, yeah. yeah. Well, there's like that whole bit where they're staying in Justin, Justin Theroux's Rose. apartment, which like, are they making fun of him or are they not? I, did we have this exact like same conversation no, already? Uh, okay. They're making fun of him. It's great. 
<laughs> and like, is his he on board with that? Micro- uh, who cares? It's his just, toilet is a motorcycle. Yeah, let's make fun of Justin Theroux. That's a fun person to make fun of. He's a celebrity. We're allowed to make fun of celebrity. <laughs> I mean, exactly right. There's a great article that's a little bit older from Gawker that's uh, brands are not your friends. And it's all about why do people on social media get so mad if you like make fun of a brand that mm-hmm. they like. And it's very applicable to celebrities. Like none of these people know you exist or give a shit about you. But somehow people feel like guilty of about making fun of brands or celebrities like they're millionaires they're not going to hear about it it's fine sure you know as long as you don't tag them that's just stupid well exactly well yeah. this is like so we watched the oscars together as we mentioned on a different show mm-hmm. um you and some of the other people at the party were being extremely disrespectful during the in memoriam section it wasn't of the me. Oscars. i was telling the people to be quiet were you okay that was yeah. it was like catlin and someone it was else. just catlin it was a few of our friends were being extremely i hope rude. he's listening to this i hope he feels bad um but Catherine, since then has said to me like oh that was so rude like you can't <laughs> talk during the in memoriam and i and I'm like, I wouldn't have done that. But at the same time, they can't hear us. Like, yeah. it's not rude. They they can't hear what we're saying. It's fine. And to be fair to Catlin, like, the bit wouldn't have landed if he didn't fully commit. Like, he had to keep going. I would have lost respect. <laughs> <laughs> the bit was just him being like, who's this nerd? And he just said it about every single yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, which was which, pretty good. It was pretty funny in all honesty. It, got, it was rake effect. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm not laughing at this. I really want to watch this. And then, okay, you're back you came back yeah, it's pretty funny yeah it's like a chris elliott david letterman bit yeah. right rake effect uh, when sideshow bob stepped on the rakes oh okay well see but that was funny the whole time that what didn't that didn't become not funny uh, and then come back it i uh, well you probably watched the syndicated version watch it <laughs> watch the dvd well, don't do the violence of me of of thinking i haven't seen the unsyndicated <laughs> cuts of every single simpsons episode please sure but uh, you had some other stuff right what else did you want to Oh, uh, well, my dad was in this news this week, and by my dad, I mean all our dads, Mm. which I mean uh, Mr. Steven Spielberg, the greatest director. Good Lord, yeah. Uh, Greatest is quantifiable. He just has all the movies that we love under the Did you just say greatest is quantifiable? It is definitely not quantifiable. Uh, Jaws. Okay, that's not like the greatest movie of all time. It is. In some ways, it ruined <laughs> movies because then oh, everybody yeah. made blockbusters after that. Uh, ruined is, uh, is uh, you could, how to define ruin then? People it, it, chasing it, big it, summer tent boy. It, made, it ushered us out of the eras of uh, Easy Riders and Raging Bulls. Yeah, we wouldn't have had storied superhero era movies if it wasn't for Steven Spielberg. Yeah, well, exactly. I rest my case. Caleb, Which I, maybe know. that's cool, but we also wouldn't have had like cool ass special effects, wonderful shit too. We wouldn't have had, um, you know... Edgar uh, Wright? Quentin Tarantino, maybe not? Well, Ted Harding probably would have stayed around. He would have been, like, a more indie director, which he You know, we we changed film from being a medium that was supposed to be an an artistic exploration of the human existence to something that was, like, a kind of mass entertainment Mm -hmm. that existed to make money. That's why he's our dad. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why? I thought that's because he fucked my mom. Is that not why he's my dad? (laughs) Uh, No, he just did that for fun. Oh, that rascal. That <laughs> rascal. But, but yes, he was in the news for being a total piece of shit this week. I don't think he Do you was... agree with him? You agree with him? I agree this. that it is a very gray issue. Uh, well, let's state what it is okay, for our please, people. Please, after you. Uh, Steven Spielberg this week tried to uh, disqualify Netflix movies from being eligible for the Oscar. There was more to it, but that's the that's bare bones of it. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And people are like, oh, old man yells at cloud about it. Yeah, Netflix doesn't have movies from the... like before the 90s really on it uh <laughs> that is netflix, pretty weird I, netflix, that is something i yeah. have a problem with netflix yeah. is basically uh like what we rent movies it's like what 
2019 video rental services. It's like Blockbuster, right? Uh, yeah. It's not the greatest thing. It is really cool, and I do love Netflix. They do give some cool voices out there. Uh, they do try. Yeah, you were just on here yes. standing for Roma, like two yeah, weeks I love ago. Roma. Yeah. I love BoJack Horseman. Uh, there's things on there I love that probably would never got. Out. I love that Paul F. Tompkins is making money. Like yeah. I love that. That's great. But his argument and his argument was like film is meant to be seen on the big screen and Netflix is terrible for films because you're just watching them on your phone on a tiny little screen. I know he did. How can you how can that possibly be eligible Mm -hmm. for an Academy Award? That's not a film like, okay, first of all, they already made this agreement that they have to release things theatrically to count for the awards. So like. All of these Roma and uh, you know the Amazon movies from this year, I saw them in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, Buster Scruggs did not play in movie theaters, so I think actually, it I... did, but uh, but no one went to saw that in the theater. I mean, actually, I was going to say that's a weird point. Is that I I don't know. Yeah, some of did made, Buster well, Scruggs play? It I, did. I never... Yeah, I, uh, I believe it was at Angelica for like a oh, week. Oh, really? Yeah. And then because uh, wasn't was Roma the one where they never released the revenue for it, or was that the uh, Amazon one? Uh, I believe. Cold War. Uh, it probably. I don't. Netflix doesn't release their receipts at all. But because it was theatrically released for like a long time. Yeah, yeah. But I think they, it was still in theaters as of last week. You could I think. I it. think if you look it up on Box Office Mojo, it says zero dollars. That's in revenue crazy. Because they don't. They wouldn't release it. And mm-hmm. also that brought out which a lot of people didn't know, and I did not know, which is that the movie studio releases the revenue for the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not done by some kind of third party. <laughs> like how how do how does anyone trust in the revenue numbers for a movie? Then they could just be making it up. Uh, and probably in some cases they are making it up further try to make it realistic and then sneak something else in in the back end yeah but that was crazy but yeah so first of all this thing already exists like you have to release the film somewhere mm-hmm. to get it nominated for an oscar but somehow he was saying like that's not good enough it you know it needs to be like fighting in the trenches for dollars and against everybody else at the multiplex come across as a cranky old guy there at that at this point because like uh steven spielberg a lot of people discovered your movies on reruns on tbs oh my God, in the early right? 90s yeah i mean Yes. Uh, that's the first time I, I remember that's the first time I watched uh, uh, third oh my gosh uh, Close Encounters of the Third uh, Kind yeah, yeah <laughs> I sure third I mean sure. I saw Jaws on HBO yeah. I mean I saw um, Raiders holds up on the TV immensely uh, and but yeah, I every say, Indiana Jones movie is on yeah, TBS like every single day are great in theaters too they're, they're better in theaters too and I agree with him that movies should be seen in theaters that's an amazing thing the sound is designed for the theater they shoot for, they make them for to seem big screen. Uh, hell hath upon thee if you saw Ready Player One on your normal size television. That thing was crammed I, with information. I actually did. I did watch yeah. it on a regular television. It's a near genius, visually speaking, of how much is going on in that movie, but it's so overstuffed that I, it is Lester Spielberg. But yeah, it I is. Love, well, it's he's just, my dad. I it's mass entertainment, it. right? I it mean, is. It's just a piece of mass entertainment. It's mass which entertainment is fine, with you know? a huge riff on The Shining, which is great. <laughs> One thing that really got me about Ready Player One was uh, I kept expecting there to be some kind of a turn, like it's not all about this guy. It's about you. Like explore your own feelings or mm-hmm. trust your instincts. But that never came. It was all about the founder <laughs> guy. Everything had to be like a minute analysis of this guy's life. And it never, ever came back around to being something empowering or anything like that. Steven Spielberg, he'll put Mark Rylance in a blockbuster. And that's, <laughs> that's why I cool, still yeah. love him. 
Yeah, Mark Rylance. Yeah, he he won an Oscar for Bridge of Spies. Oh, right? a great movie. I love the Bridge History of Spies. Channel original movie, Bridge of Spies. Oh, I love Bridge of Spies. Written by the Coens, directed by Spielberg. When will that ever happen oh again? Oh my god! But it was such a dad. It was just like it was like if History Channel made a major. Oh, motion it was picture. very vibrant. Uh, I, I I was really. Into yeah, it. you think it was vibrant? What was vibrant about oh, the Bridge acting? Of Spies? Uh, it was very Spielberg in the sense that uh, there's a lot of wonder to it. Uh, Hanks is always I super guess solid. So. Uh, who was the weird actor? I was like, I can't believe that he's in this movie. Or it was like a movie from like the 30s or something because it was just very like, yeah. very straight ahead. I found it to be very straight ahead. There, he he put a little fun tension to it. Um, I did not like the posts though. I liked the actors I in the posts. I refused to even see that movie. And I work in media, full disclosure. <laughs> I work, I am a journalist and I work in a media organization. And I, I had, and at the time, I it, too. at the time it came out, I was literally working at a newspaper and oh. I was like, I have no interest in seeing this. It looks so fucking stupid. I just wanted to see Meryl act. Yeah. She was fine in it. But uh, Bob Odenkirk's in it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Um, didn't you also want to say who had a, like a super big year this year? Oh yeah. I was talking about Natalie Portman having yeah. a decent year, which she did. And then we talked about John. Uh, but as far as like big 2018 goes, uh, I would say, uh, put that crown on Brian Tyree Henry, mm-hmm. uh, Atlanta, who it's paper boy. We know him from, but he was also in widows. Uh, he was great in widows. It was funny to see him as a villain, mm-hmm. right? Like, cause uh, I don't think of him that way. Cause I, he's so great and lovable in Atlanta. I yeah. mean, kind of a dick sometimes, yeah. but you know. Also, the dad, uh, the dad in uh, Into the Spider Verse, one of the mm. more amazing animated movies to exist in our world. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about that before we started the show, right? Like that yeah. was an amazing because I was saying like, oh, like John Mulaney had a good year too. Yeah. He was, you know, that was the only fr- movie he was in. But he yeah, was, he was in. He was played. <laughs> Peter Porker slash Spider Pig in Welcome to the Spider-Verse, and he got to say all sorts of stupid puns, which mm-hmm. is great. It was the only movie he was in, but I was doing this math today where I was like, oh, John Mulaney is a person who's great and who is all of a sudden super famous. Like, he must have had a great 2018, but I think all of that stuff happened in 2019. Like, is he just famous <laughs> from the last, like, month and a half? Like, I don't know. It's something happened, because you... oh, oh, Hello was 2017. Yeah. He writes for Documentary Now, which I don't think aired in 2018. Yeah, only just started, and he's, like, the star of the he first episode. Stand up. He did a little, and he did Oh, yeah, did Big his Radio Mouth. City Music Hall thing come out uh, last year? His show, you know, Kid Gorgeous, live at yeah, Radio Big City Big Mouth Music came Hall. out last year, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is he in that? I don't watch Big Mouth. Oh, Big Mouth's great. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb just got a look of such extreme boredom on his face. Uh, well, there's a we're at the point of uh, nostalgia where we're just nostal- nostalgizing our uh, awkward years, which Big Mouth does a great job of that. But also, a uh, big fan of Pen Fifteen on Hulu. Pen Fifteen, sure, the hottest show. I was actually just listening. Did you watch it? I uh, haven't watched it yet. Watch that shit, I'm man. I'm afraid of things that are awkward, oh. so I don't want to watch it. You know you Dude, know this is my position, is I don't watch things oh. that make me feel bad, and uh, uh, that seems oh, really That's why bad. I haven't watched Manchester by the Sea yet. <laughs> exactly. See, I love things that make me feel awful. and like I already feel bad enough. You know, that's my basic I position. I need to be reminded what sad is, because no, I, I have autism. just live. Just live. Like, that's what <laughs> makes me... Yeah, that makes me live. That's like taking like a, a weird drug, like, oh, man, that makes me feel so creepy. I felt that way when I was like, in my early 20s, like zero to 22. But um, like now that I'm 36, I'm like, yeah, everything's fucking terrible. I had to pay like a huge amount of money to the IRS on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Like it was really fucked me up. And I now I, my whole identity is different because of this. I, this huge amount of money is gone from my life now. Uh-huh. And I it used to give me a sense of like security and belonging and like it wasn't like I was ever going to spend it, but I could walk into any store and be like, I could afford that. 
and now it, that money is gone. Mm-hmm. So that is sad. Uh, I don't need to watch like a TV show about how like. Well, you could relate to more like class struggle stuff. I mean, yeah, sure, and I do, and I don't need to torture myself via like a film. You to want do you that. want you want to escape. Is what you're saying? Well, not even like escape necessarily, but I just don't want something that has been like scientifically designed in a lab to give me negative emotions. You know? Oh, <laughs> like that's it's not scientifically designed in a lab. It's written by a smart playwright who's drinking. I mean, that is literally that's the kind of lab you make those things in. You know? Yeah. <laughs> those are, those are the best kind of labs. Uh, such yeah. chocolate labs. Oh, such good boys. Such good boys. Oh, who's a good boy? All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. This uh, has been an experimental. It's been an touch. experiment. We went through so many movies. We talked about who had a good year mm-hmm. in 2018 and who, what were some underrated called, movies? Uh, John C. Riley, Tom C. Riley. I, I did, did see that, actually yeah. this week before we could we good to go before we good. I saw the film debut of John C. Riley and my De Palma watching. Oh, uh, what I is watched, that? Uh, uh, Casualties of War, which is a, mm. a rare uh, dramatic role for Michael J. This Fox. This is part of your con- expanding brain of film, I believe is how you put uh, it on last yeah, week's episode. Well, as my ongoing brain develops of soaking in film. Palma does so much. I almost much. edited that out like three times, <laughs> but then I was like, no, eh, no, it's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, De Palma is... Uh, just knows movies, and this was, I would say, his least De Palma movie. It was a war movie. It's about Vietnam, and this is the most sad. I wouldn't recommend it to you to watch. It's about <laughs> Vietnam. It's about people who kidnap and rape someone in Vietnam, and Michael J. Fox is the only one who has a conscience about it. Oh, cool. Sounds <laughs> and cool. it's uh, Sean Penn as most asshole, and then John C. Riley in his screen debut, with also John Leguizamo's screen debut. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, yeah, no, I probably won't watch that, but thanks for letting me know about it. Uh, everyone, See, go ignore of... <laughs> casualties of war. <laughs> See, I just imagine that all the listeners have my opinion, which is like, <laughs> oh, it's nice to hear about that. I don't plan on watching it. Like, that's the ideal <laughs> listener that I want out there. Yeah, my ideal listener is someone being like, oh, I like Michael J. Fox. I'm not going to see that. <laughs> Um, so that's this week on Actually Best Choice Movies. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be back to the regular show format. Uh, we'll have two new movies to talk about, one of them being Climax, the new Gaspar No is maybe how you say his last no, name, yeah. uh, a dance horror film, and the other one will be one tangentially related to that. In so tangential. Uh, anyway, that's it. Thank you so much, guys. Goodbye. God bless you.